The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for The Career Confidant today. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and we're so glad that you've joined us for another great topic in career advancement. As you know, this show is here for you to help you get the tools and resources that you need to take control of your own career. We bring in some special guests, and today is no different. We've got a great guest with us today, Susan Chitron, and she's an executive coach, master personal brand strategist, and author of Personal Branding for Dummies. I know we all feel like that sometimes, so we're excited to have her here to share her great information with us. So she is credentialed through Reach Personal Branding, which also I've taken classes through and love their program. And Personal Branding for Dummies was the number one personal branding book on Amazon for 18 months. So, Susan, we're so excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Great. Thanks, Marie. I'm looking forward to it. So let's kick it off with we're talking today about people who are trying to reinvent themselves, right? They're in transition, and maybe they're even employed, but they know that they want to do something different. They want to reinvent their life. What do you think is the first step for them in launching that second career, whether they're 30 or 60? Well, it's it's kind of an interesting question. We were at a dinner party last night, and we got talking about this with actually the, the couple we were with. And I think really when I think about what we all need to do to make a change, whether we're 30 or 60 or whatever age it is, is we need to change our mindset. And there's a there's a, um, a woman named Carol Dweck, many of you may know of her, and she came up with this idea of the two mindsets, really the fixed mindset, which says, oh, I, I can't learn that, I don't know that, um, this, is, this is too hard for me, and essentially feel like what they know is what they know. And then there's the growth mindset, and the growth mindset is very much about well, I'll give it a try. If I fail, I've learned something. So so to your question, I think what's really important as we get going with all this is that how do you change your mindset? How do you have that growth mindset to say, I'm going to take a trip, take a risk, take a chance, really try and see what I'm capable of and and not be so afraid. So I really do think that that's the very first step any of us need to make before we make a change. Yeah, to be able to allow ourselves to be creative and to kind of get out of the rut, right? If 
I talk to so many people who think they want to make a change and then it's so easy to go back to what's comfortable and and be miserable but comfortable, right? Right, right. And and it is and it's um people are so much um more comfortable going to something that they know even if they hate it and you really have to, if you're going to try and reinvent yourself or start over in any way, you have to be willing to take the risk, find the support to do it, including a great coach like you and I are, right? So find somebody who can help support you and give you that boost along the way. Definitely, definitely. And so when they've got that mindset, or maybe let's, I'll ask you, what do you think are some of the biggest roadblocks to taking on that mindset? Well, I think fear is the biggest one. Um, People are often just afraid to try something new. Um, They get stuck in a place of saying, you know, going back to all the things like, I'm too old. Um, I mean, that was a conversation a little bit last night. It's like, am I too old to start over with that? And it's like, all of us are going to work probably into our 70s, maybe our 80s. And so potentially people in their 50s could have 30 more years of career. So I think a big piece is shifting that mindset to, to a newer way of thinking versus the old standard way of I have my one career. Also moving into that place of that portfolio worker of how do I work completely differently than I used to work? I think that's a huge piece with this too, is just thinking of alternative ways that you may carry on your career that looks really different than it used to look. Well, and that might require planning outside of just work, right? I talked to so many people who would like to find that full-time job so they can have benefits when the reality is that they may end up contracting for a while or a long while or for the rest of their career. Right. And, and uh, not to get into politics, but they just passed the, you know, the Affordable Care Act and I live in California and I've seen that make such a big mindset difference to some of the clients I've got. Whereas before they used to think I need to be employed to have health benefits. And now they're saying, you know what? I've just got to earn enough to pay for it myself, but I have the opportunity to do that. And I think that, again, I I don't want to be political in any way, but I think that that's going to open up the ways that we work and offer more freedom to people than uh, we even realize. Yeah, and then part of it's, again, just that mindset shift of being a contract worker is not less than being a full-time worker. In fact, if you negotiate well, you may be able to make more money. Exactly. And um, I went. I listened to a speaker named Ron Elsden, who is a colleague of mine here in the Bay Area on Saturday, and Ron was talking about right now... 40% of Americans at some time have been a contract contingent worker, and the prediction is by 2050 that well over 50% of the population will work for themselves. So it's, um, you know, I think you go back into mindset, it's that we have to think really differently. We have to think more entrepreneurially in how we go about everything because probably you know, there's a chance at least half of us will be entrepreneurs. Whether that was our choice or not, that's going to be the reality. Yeah. So let's say that people kind of feel like they need to revive their career. Things have gotten into a slump or maybe they've stayed stagnant for a while. 
what are some ways of kind of reviving that career at midlife? So that's a, you know, it's, I think it's an interesting thing because people often think they've settled in at that point. So I think the first thing is show some enthusiasm, right? Like get some enthusiasm, create a little bit of buzz about who you are, what the strategies are. Think about your your own strategy. So even taking things that you already do, but maybe you just take them for granted, I say own them. You know, start becoming the go-to expert. Um, maybe take on a project that you would stretch you a little bit, but get you known a little bit more in your group. Um, I think too, it's always midlife's always a great time to to take a pulse of who you are and think about that, and and it's a great time to really look at what are some of your unique characteristics and how do you go about. Um, making those more visible. To me, that's what personal branding really is, is that the strategy around creating a set of positive experiences that people have about you. So looking at what are some of those unique offerings that you have to to start make visible. Um, Also, even things like, you know, being the first with a new idea. So going back to our fear that we were talking about is, I think not making the assumptions of everybody knows that about me. How do you start making yourself more visible? How do you start having a little bit more fun with it? Um, and and I think a big the biggest thing is starting to show enthusiasm for what you do and and owning that you love your work or even if you don't love your work, find a piece about it that you love that people can see that about you. Yeah, definitely and. Just thinking about how you're talking about your your strengths, right? And are you always talking about those things that you don't like to do? Or are you communicating to people what your strengths are? And do they know what you like to do? Because I think sometimes people think, oh, I never get that opportunity. And it's, you know, are you communicating with people that that's what your strengths are? That's what fires you up? Because managers typically want to get people fired up, right? So if they know what fires you up, you'll have a better chance of getting those opportunities. Right, right. And and a lot of people wait expecting that someone will notice. And this is this is a time that if you want to start to, you know, kind of revive your career at midlife, start to really look at, you know, one of the things I often say to my clients is, what's going to be fun for you now? And how do you start to uh, gravitate towards that? And a lot of times it's a different conversation than how, how, you know, how do I achieve something or how, what do my ambitions show? I think it's that question at midlife of saying, or, um, you know, what's going to be fun for me now? How do I rearrange my variables to, to make it interesting at this point in my life? Yeah. And, You know, I think no matter what age you are in your life, we fall into that trap. And the more that we can talk about what we do in a way that's not over overpowering or salesy, right? We don't want to be obnoxious. But when we can just say little things like, oh, you know, I really enjoyed that or that project was so cool. Just those little pieces of demonstrating that, hey, this was really something I enjoyed. Otherwise, nobody nobody might know they might not be paying attention right and I think that um it is you know one of the things I've always noticed is is that there's there seems to be so little enthusiasm like genuine enthusiasm for 
what you do, you know, what each of us does, um, how we live our life. What I've noticed is that is so hugely attracting to people is, is that people want to be near enthusiastic people. People want to get uh, on that train. They want to feel part of that. And, and so when you talk about reviving your career, it, you just can't kind of frump and grump along. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You, you stand out when you're enthusiastic. You stand out when you're sharing positive things. And, and people don't, you're right, people don't do that enough. Yeah. And, and even just, you know, looking like you enjoy what you do. Um, that's a, I think a big piece of it too, is people walk in each day and it was interesting, just kind of a quick story on that. So I had this client who, um, he was a very senior executive in his company and he was talking about how he wanted to be known that he loved his, the work, the people that he served and he wanted to really be known as that kind of leader. So we did a 360 on him and no one really saw that about him and he was pretty upset because he's like, but I, this is who I am. This is what I care about. And I said, okay, let's just play with this for a minute. I said, tell me about what you do from the minute you get out of your car till you reach your office. And so he kind of walked through his, um, you know, the way he came into work each day. And I said, do, do you smile at anyone? Do you do you say hello to people? And he said, you know, now that I think about it, I'm so in my head thinking about all the things I'm going to do for the day that I probably don't. And even just changing those behaviors where he starts saying hello to people and smiling as he walked in changed everything in just his whole, the way he approached his work and the way people saw him. And I, I love that because it was just such a great, um, example of somebody who could revive his career just with a smile and a hello. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're going to go on a short break here. We'll be right back and continue talking with Susan about personal branding. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. All right, we are back with Susan Critton, the author of Personal Branding for Dummies. And we've been talking about how to reinvent oneself and ways, fairly simple ways, that you can revive your career, maybe by just finding those things that you are passionate about in your work, finding those reasons to smile and be enthusiastic in a workplace that overall seems to have lost that enthusiasm when 60% of people are more or more are unhappy at work, you could be the shining star just by finding a few things that you love in your day and and telling people that that's what you love. And guess what? That might bring more of what you love. So we've thought about how we could reinvent. What are some tips to ease that pain of reinvention? Um, Well, and I think that's such a great question because often people don't know where to start. And I would like to say that I think sometimes we all make it too much too complicated. So the first place, the very first place is that you take responsibility for yourself. Like it's not about blaming the boss, blaming this, blaming that. You've got to take responsibility for your life, your work, and start to look at, you know, what is it that I want to do to create this new life for myself? Um, And think about life as an adventure. Again, kind of going back to what I was saying about, what is it that you want to learn? What kind of new things do you want to learn? What would entertain me now? Um, part of it, too, is is that if when you're reinventing, often there's you might you might be experiencing kind of a gap in your life. So maybe you've left an old workplace by your choice or not. And you have this space. And what I often find is that 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 space can be dangerous ground for um, kind of the downward spiral. So one of the things I always recommend is keep a schedule. Um, Block in times to get out and meet people, talk to people on the phone, take classes. um, but, But actually kind of keep some sort of order to your life. It's also a really great time to stay social. So... Um, when you're reinventing yourself, there's always that place of inward thought and processes, which is super valuable. But at the same time, you don't want to stay in your in your little cave and not get out and talk to people. I think that part of re- in reinventing yourself and easing that pain is getting out and having conversations with people about what they're doing in the world, what's interesting, what's happening with things. Um, and I, I think also... People tend to, um, a lot of us, I mean, this is very, I think, you know, our workforce induced is a lot of people 
very much have high standards for themselves, or we might call it perfectionism. And in that perfectionism place is that it doesn't allow for new things to happen because you're trying to make everything perfect. And when you're in a time of reinvention or transition, nothing's nothing's really right because you're letting go of the old and trying to bring in the new. And it's it's a um, it's this open space. So I think easing up on yourself is another one. And with that, keeping your sense of humor. Like that's always, um, I think, a, a great, humor is always a great way to get through many things, especially any kind of hardship. Um, I have a couple more, if that's all right. Should I just keep going on that? Yeah, but I think you've said some important things there, especially mm-hmm. the networking and social part of it for a few reasons. One is that we, even introverted people, when you get that interaction, you get outside of your own head, you you stop overanalyzing and for the extroverted person you get filled up by the energy of others but also it's very hard to move anywhere in your career without relationships without help from others and I see a lot of people who have their nose down to the grindstone and they're working really hard and don't understand why they're not getting anywhere and they don't understand the value of those relationships possibly even more than performance. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, um, I think the other thing, what I always love, of course, I'm an extrovert, but I, I don't think that matters. I think we, we play with it. We kind of rely on that. Oh, I'm an introvert, so I don't get out there as much. I, I think there's pieces around, even if you just get out one on one. I mean, most of the time I'm out with people, it's one at a time. And just that conversation can spark new ideas, renew your enthusiasm. Um, help you feel supported. All of those things, I think, are are just so so important. And and it really gets back to two is is that no matter what in this in a time when you're in this transition, trying to reinvent yourself, revive your career, you've got to go back to the core of who you are. What is it? Who is that at the core? What are your core values? What are the things that are important to you? And have those things gotten buried a little bit? as the years have worn on, and is it time to really look at those and bring those back out to the forefront? Definitely. Yeah. You know, I think the last kind of comment on that is I think it's a really important time also to trust the process, is that I think that we're so used to almost immediate gratification or kind of quickly going, if I do this, 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 this will happen. This is not a linear process. This is a process of gathering, letting go of, and really trusting that, you know, at the end of the day, this will be a good a good thing for you and it will work out the way it's really meant to be. Yeah, and that it takes time, right? It takes time to make these transitions. It takes time to figure out what you want to do. I mean, the last kind of stat- statistics that I heard was that it takes six months to a year to really make a change, right? You've got to do your research. You've got to figure out where you're going to fit. Then you've got to figure out how to make the transition. And then you've got another, you know, six months or so for the actual job search. So it's not an instant gratification thing. And in our world, we all know that that's not always our favorite to not be instantly gratified. Right. And especially somebody who might be, and and I've got a couple clients like this right now where they are retiring from corporate America. So say they're in their late 50s, early 60s, and they know they're still vital. They still have lots to contribute. I mean, their transition may take a couple years because they, 
in some ways want it to, they need to really let go of that old persona and and recreate something new. So sometimes those really big transitions might even be a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. And they, you know, they're, I don't know if you see this, but I see a lot of times the first thing people do after they leave a long-term job often is almost like a rebound relationship where they end up with a short stint in somewhere going, oh, well, that wasn't a good fit. And that's, it seems to be pretty normal, natural Mm -hmm. to do that. And I just say, well, we're going to chalk that up to the bus stop job. (laughs) Right? Like, the bus stop job can be fine as long as you don't get stuck at, get stuck at the bus stop. <laughs> exactly. Right. I think that is, you know, I think your, your analogy of the rebound relationship is a perfect one because I think we're saying the same things with different words, but it's, just, it's exactly that. That's like, that's not, okay, if that's what you needed to do to move through this, fine, but let's, um, let's keep moving. Well, and you may have an idea in your head about, something and when you get there it's not what you thought it was going to be right I was working with a business owner who was selling the business and moving into a corporate sales job and you know sounded like the greatest thing on earth to have that you know J-O-B instead of running a business and then obviously found out there were downfalls to that just like anything else in life right (laughs) very much so so as people think about um and maybe specifically age, mm-hmm. how do people turn that around? So there's certain maybe points that people are scared about with age. What are those and how can a mature worker turn them around and make them strengths? Well, I think, you know, let's start with the strengths, which is uh, mature workers are often known for being loyal and dependent hardworking and honest. Um, there's actually statistically that that 50-year-old worker is calls in sick less, uh, works harder, is more committed, all those things. But here's some of the assumptions. The assumptions are they don't know technology, they're not open to ch- learning, they're not open to change. And so the first thing I want to say is, <laughs> and this is terrible, it sounds so stupid, but it really is, don't act old. <laughs> like, Act, you know, show some enthusiasm um, and and really show some energy around the things that you do. So I think the other thing is, is that, you know, kind of debunk the myths. Go out and learn some technology. Get better at that. Like I actually am better in a lot of technology than my kids are. And um, they come to me and ask me to show them different things. They know certain things better than I do, but but I actually know more than they do in many cases. And so another one is I think your um, notice your appearance, right? How you show up is that it's we are what we are as far as our age and we can't change that. But I think we can dress in a way that looks current, that is flattering to what who you are. And so sometimes it's just these little things that help us almost debunk those age myths as well. Good. Well, Susan, I appreciate all of the time and insights that you've shared with us today. I want to give you a minute here to share with listeners how they can connect with you, whether that's LinkedIn or your website. How do you, how can they get a hold of you if they want to learn more about what you do? 
Sure. I, I mean, I have a website. It's just my name. So Susan Critton, which is C-H-R-I-T-T-O-N.com. Um, and I have information on the website. And I would say, too, if you're interested in personal branding, uh, personal branding for dummies is a great primer. Like I have schools actually using it to help people walk through how to build their personal brands. And so it's a great way to actually work with me without having to hire me. You could just work through my book and um, hopefully that will be helpful to you. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been awesome to, to hear your perspective. And listeners, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to close up our topic here on personal branding. And and thank you again, Susan. Thank you, Marie. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate yes. it. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune in to Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increase margins, listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and we've been talking to Susan Critton, the author of Personal Branding for Dummies, about branding and what that means for you and specifically how you can refresh or revive your brand, whether you're mid-career or maybe you're in your 30s and looking to make that change from your first career to your second career. And the idea behind branding really is figuring out what your unique value is, right? The REACH personal branding process calls it your unique promise of value. So how do you add, how do you add value that's different than your peers? And that's usually the biggest question that people struggle with because we've been taught not to compare. We've been taught not to say that we're better than. And so 
it's really how are you different? How do your experiences, your qualifications, your approach, how is that different? And in that difference, how does it add value? And then how do you consistently bring that value, right? That's that that promise piece. And that is our brand, kind of the internal piece of our brand, if you will, mixed with the external piece of our brand. Where are we going? Who's that audience? And what makes sense for them? And so as we were talking about branding today with Susan, was thinking about that and you know, we were talking specifically about older workers and some of the strengths that they might bring, that loyalty, that, you know, less absences. And you want to think about how could we frame that in language that may be appealing to our audience, right? Because a brand can't be done in a vacuum. A brand is that nice sweet spot between who we are and the unique value that we bring and the company's needs because that actually is the value piece, right? If we have a great ability to make flowers and we work in a computer programming office, that unique promise of value isn't really lining up with the company's needs, right? So we're thinking about where's the point where those two things collide, And I often think about them in kind of concentric circles where one circle is all the things that are unique and great about you. The other thing, other circle is all the things that the company needs and where those two things overlap is kind of the sweet spot in your brand. The things that you really want to highlight for a specific company or a specific industry, but they're also unique and genuine and, and, part of what you want to do. Now we may have another circle out there that's all of the things that are actually in our job, right? And it it intersects in some way with those three things, with those other two. And that's what Susan was talking about in terms of finding those pieces of your job that you really enjoy, finding those times when you get to use your strengths and building on them, promoting them, highlighting them, so that you can continue to build your career in that direction. And that's maybe one of the most wonderful things about this new contract economy. And that's where Susan and I kind of started our conversation was this idea that by 50-50, and some people have said even uh, (laughs) 50-50, and some people have said even by 2030, a huge percentage of the market are going to be contract jobs. This is this is okay, right? This is actually a good thing. It means that you will have even more opportunity to really hone in on doing what you're good at, to sell yourself as that specialist, to use your strengths and possibly not have to do much outside of that, right? Because you're contracted for this specific type of job or the specific kind of project to do these specific tasks and if we get good at recognizing what those things are and promoting them about ourselves then that would be a great place for us to shine right we're going to do better work we're going to get better results and we're going to impress our employers as we're doing those things 
And that kind of brings up another piece of this thing called branding. The ING there is makes it active, right? Branding is an active process. It's not just figuring out who you are and what you're good at. It's being able to communicate that. Being able to, in all of the ways that, that you have the opportunity to, to exude that brand. As William Aruda, the founder of Reach Personal Branding, would say. How can you show people that that's who you are? That attitude. And as Susan was talking about at the end of our conversation, your dress, even your technology, how do you visually and in your words and on your social media and in your resume and in an interview and then every day with your coworkers, how do you embody that brand? And um, yes, it's what you want people to see about you, but we all know that it's it has to be somewhat authentic or you get caught in that lie, right? And that is what makes a, a good, strong brand is someone who knows who they are, can promote that. And I would say today is comfortable doing a little bit of personal within that brand. Social media has pushed that envelope to the place where people are expecting to see a little bit more than just who you are professionally. And, of course, we know that on Facebook and on Twitter, but it's interesting that it's definitely creeped into even the most professional of networking sites, LinkedIn. Just gave a class on LinkedIn last Friday, and thinking about that the profile on LinkedIn really needs to be accessible, personable, conversational today. Those old stodgy, mostly just a copy and paste from your resume, are no longer doing people justice. That's not what people are expecting on LinkedIn. They're expecting to see a little bit of your personality. Great thing for for us all is that it's mostly just coming up with being comfortable with that. We all have unique experiences. We all have unique things that we've done that add value and build relationship with others. And that's this piece of personal branding that we want to figure out how to do. Not only do we know what our unique promise of value is, we know how it relates to what the company's looking for. Again, that nice, happy medium there. But that we're communicating it in the appropriate way in all of these different areas of our life, right? Whether that's in-person networking, on LinkedIn, yes, even on Facebook. And that part of our brand is our ability, no matter what industry you work in, to embrace technology, right? Technology has infiltrated every single type of career. And it's seen as a productivity tool, It's seen as something that you should be up on. And that's a big part of of brand. And I think it affects both age groups. People always talk about it in terms of the older population, whatever that might be in your definition. You know, oh, you know, they don't know how to use a computer. Well, that kind of is going away. Most of your boomers are very tech savvy, right? And they know how to use technology as a tool. 
the knock on millennials most often and exes you kind of get out of this one nobody talks of, about you negatively or positively I guess that might be a good thing millennials usually get the knock on yeah they know how to use the phone and they know how to do all of those things but they don't necessarily know how to create an excel spreadsheet that will calculate and and keep track of things and make life easier right they learned how to use the technology for social reasons maybe but not necessarily business reasons so i think we all have those gaps in our perceived brand that we have to be aware of and know how to communicate and build the story on the opposite whether that means that you're an older worker and people are going to think that you don't have energy or you're a younger worker and people think that you are going to want to be the CEO tomorrow, right? All of those things that we hear in terms of brand perception around our age group, our sex, our socioeconomic status, whatever it might be, we know those things exist. And part of our branding will be to figure out how to address those concerns in a way that still aligns with communicating our unique promise of value. So when we're thinking about kind of reviving or transitioning, a lot of it's figuring out how to communicate in that new language coming from our experience. So if you've been in banking and you're going towards nonprofit, how do you adjust that language? How do you speak to them? How do you translate your unique promise of value that you've had in banking for 10, 15 years into what a nonprofit is going to be looking for? And that's the challenge. And of course, as we talked about with Susan, the fear, getting over that to be able to make the transition. So we're going to come back in just a few minutes and finish up our topic here on personal branding, give you a few action items to think about as you move forward into this week, and how can you communicate your personal brand every day. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? 
Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff. And today we've been talking about personal branding with Susan Critton, the author of Personal Branding for Dummies. Now, again, we've talked about how branding is this active process, right? It's an active process of once you've figured out what your unique strengths are, how do you communicate those to people in your workplace, in your life, in your job search? How do you make that happen? So I want you to think about your week, this week, and whether you're employed or unemployed, retired, all of us have the opportunity to communicate to others what we're all about, right? And there may be many reasons that we want to do that. Maybe we want to get new volunteer opportunities. Maybe we want a new job. Maybe we want opportunities to get on new projects at work. All of our movement, if you will. One depends on relationship with other people, and two depends on our ability to communicate that that's what we want, right? Nobody's reading our mind. Nobody is going to give us something without us being able to ask for it or at least communicate that it aligns with where we want to go. So I want you to think about a few things that you might want to do this week. The first is think about how your office looks. And I use that term office very loosely, right? Could be your house, could be your actual office at work. It could be, if you're job seeking, it could be your car, your portfolio that you carry with you when you network. Whatever it is that people are going to see about your kind of external environment when you're interacting with them. How does that align with your brand? What does it say about you? I will admit I'm not a clean desk gal. When you come into my office, you will see at least one stack of stuff on my desk, right? And that's okay to me. That's part of my brand. If you are expecting to work with a clean desk lady, I'm not your gal. tend to be more on that creative side, and always have a million projects going on. And for some people, that works well, right? They want that creativity, and they'll take the downsides, which means that I may not be as organized, although I'm pretty organized. 
but not as organized as someone who has that clean desk and does their projects in the specific order. It's just a different style, right? And that's visual. Is it color? Is there color in your office? For me, there's pictures of, of places that I've traveled. What does it say to people when they walk into your office? And does it say what you want it to say? Second thing, and this is maybe a little bit more personal, but what are you wearing? What are you carrying on your person? And what does that say about you? Now, I'm not saying we need to wear designer clothes or carry a designer purse or, you know, the latest phone. But just to think about that how we dress is a visual representation of who we are and what's important to us. And we want to think about that. How does that fit for you? And they used to say, you know, dress for the job you want to be in. And, and that is definitely still true in some industries. But it's, again, even dress is becoming a little bit more of a, a personality thing, especially in the cities or whatever you might want to say there. But how does that fit for you? Is it time to shake that up, right? And especially if you're experiencing some age discrimination, too young or too old, you might think about that. How is your, your dress perpetuating that perception? And how, is that something you want to change, right? And then that goes all the way through from our dress to our technology. And then, of course, the most important thing, smile, right? All of us can smile. And, uh, and that's interesting, though, because even that has changed in the last maybe three years or so. I remember actually as a college worker being told that I smiled too much and no one would take me seriously. And then I went to a talk by one of my favorite coaches, Deborah Benton, who writes books about how to be a CEO and and how to be an executive. And she talks about the smile. And it's not like a big goofy smile, right? But it's you're more of a smile than a frown. And how powerful that is. Just a little turn of your corner of your lips from a a frown to a smile. And most people I do see look awfully serious and, and not very happy. And you really have presence when you smile. You capture, and Susan and I were talking about that, right? You capture attention. People want to be around you. And... So I would encourage you that the the uh, days of not smiling and of not being taken seriously if you smile are on their way out. It is now okay and, and maybe even encouraged to smile and to think about how you can attract positive things through that smile. So your external environment, your office, what you wear, your smile... And then also, how are you communicating to people? Is there one way this week that you could communicate to someone what you love to do? doesn't have to be a sales pitch. Maybe even just a small statement. Wow, that was so much fun. Wow, I really enjoy working with customers. 
you know, it makes me so excited to know that the customers are, are doing X, Y, or Z, whatever it is for you. Do people know what you love to do? Do people know what your strengths are? How are you communicating those? How are you building relationship around not just those, but also your ability to add value to others through those strengths? So I think that's where most of us get stuck. We get in a job where we don't like everything that we do, and it's really easy to focus on the negative. It's really easy to think about what we'd like to change. And for certain personality types, that's even more true, right? So how can we let people know what we do like? How can we be on fire about something that we do so that people want to help us do that more, right? Your boss wants you to be on fire. Your boss wants you to be excited about what you do. Are you giving them any of those opportunities to know what that is so that you can have that conversation? So as you move forward with your week, I hope you'll think about one way that you can better exude and communicate your brand to revive your career, refresh your career, and get out of that mindset of stuckness and and unhappiness that so many of us are in, in, especially in the United States here. Take control. That's why we're here. And we'll be right back here next week on The Career Confidant. In between now and then, you're always welcome to connect with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And we'll see you right back here next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.